Uh, thank you again to all of our sponsors all year long. Um, I'm gonna get this thing started. I'm gonna go sit down. Um, I'm gonna welcome our moderator, Andy Shaparsky of Caldwell Banker Residential Real Estate. Andy, it's all yours from here. Uh, good morning and thank you everybody for coming out. Um, I am Andy Shaparsky and it's my great pleasure to join you this morning as the Building Your Teams moderator. <clears throat> First of all, I'd like to welcome up Matt Laracy. Matt is a third generation realtor, the managing broker for AmeriCorp Real Estate and heads his own team, the Matt Laracy Group. He specializes in all facets of the real estate business, whether it be navigating the way through first time home buyers, trying to score that perfect distressed property, providing help in the luxury market. He knows um, and has experienced it all. Welcome, Matt. Uh, our next, actually, um, guest today is Lauren Mitrick-Wood, who's also a third-generation realtor and Chicago native. She started her career in the leasing of residential units in downtown Chicago 15 years ago, and today she specializes in, specializes in residential sales and leasing in Chicago and through the North Shore. For her work in the industry, Forbes Magazine and NAR selected her as one of their 30 under 30s from young professionals across the country. Congratulations and welcome yeah. both of you. So we've got a lot to unpack today, so we're going to hold off your questions until the end. We will have a Q&A period, um, and I will start with the ones that we have already. So first of all, um, we'll start with Lauren. When did you know it was time to start a team? Hey guys, just want to say hi. Thanks for coming. I know it's hard getting up in the morning. 9 a.m. is not normally a good morning for realtor time. So congratulations for showing up, dressing up, getting up, and being here. Um, I'll get to that question in just a second. That was always my motto, kind of um, getting involved in the real estate community, is get up, dress up, show up. Um, and getting involved in YPN, Matt and I were part of the founding members of the Chicago chapter. When we joined in 20, 2009, there were 17 networks around the country, and 2000, so no, 10. whatever. So I'm just, I, wanna, I, I don't want to be blind, you know? <laughs> the old and now there's like 25,000, uh, 25,000, people that are involved in YPN across the country. So it's such a phenomenal network to be a part of. So I really applaud you for being here today. Um, I knew it was time to start a team when um, I was tired of working really hard all the time with no breaks ever. Um, so I grew up in real estate, as you said, and my parents um, had their team forever and I had joined their team to start, but it was really just them and me. And it was nice that we could all help each other out and I could travel and they could travel and we could help each other as we went along. But I needed more help as my business was growing. And um, I, as Andy had said, I started in rentals and the rentals can be such a grind. Um, but my, I, I, I first hired a um, rental agent and I, it was a really big risk for me because it was how I was making a lot of my money to do the rentals, but I ended up giving, I, I promised myself I would give all my rentals to this one agent, and I did it, and I was terrified, um, but I, you know, I had to pull back in some other facets of my life, um, but I was able to grow my business by delegating out some of the workload that wasn't giving me as much money. Wonderful. And Matt, same question to you. Um, so, I think right now, Teams is like a really, like, hot topic, because I remember when I first got in the business in 06, um, it was not something that people really talked about that much. Uh, and I, I feel like it's kind of like a little bit of a cop-out right now going the team route, personally, because a lot of people I meet right now, they're like, hey, uh, first off, the market's really good right now. You know, when I got in, it was like terrible. 
Um, and I do feel like a lot of people who got in the business right now are, uh, you're seeing a lot of success really early and you're hitting five, six million, you're like, let's, let's get a team going, let's go. Uh, I personally, first off, with my advice to anybody with that mentality, I would say is don't start a team that early. Uh, I think you need to know what it's like to like hustle a lot. I mean, my motto is life is meant for work, not for pleasure. Uh, so I have a little bit of a, of a different mentality. Um, I think you should get to a point where you almost want to have a nervous breakdown or have a nervous breakdown, uh, and then you start a team. Um, because honestly, I know it sounds crazy, but you need to really understand the market and what it's like and how all fa uh, faucets of it work. And uh, I can't tell you how many people I meet. They're like, I'm doing two million. I got an assistant now. I got three agents. I'm like, you don't even know. You don't even know the business. You haven't even like done anything yet. You know. So, um, and and I think that's why. And just from a guy that's seeing, uh, you know, a, a lot of deals and a lot of success, I'm seeing like people are doing 10, 15 million and they don't know basic stuff about the business. I'm like, well, how did you even get here? And it's like, they had a good network and that's great. And it's, you know, 2016, 17, the market is, this is like a fictitious market we're seeing right now that we're not gonna see like probably again in our lifetimes of like this. It's almost like easy in some aspects to get a lot of this business. So my first piece was like, when I knew it was start to get a, uh, to start a team, I got to the point where like I literally physically could not work anymore. Like it just got to the point where I'm one person, I sleep four hours a night, uh, there's so many emails, there's so much coming in. Uh, the, the year before I hit 52 deals for about uh, like just over 18 million and I realized like I can't keep setting up my own appointments and doing all this stuff and I kind of like projected that I would probably hit around 40 million the next year and that was 2013 which we, we literally hit 39.8 million that year. So uh, I realized uh, I was sitting on a YPN board and I met a guy that was pretty much in the same kind of like uh, background is where I came from and we kind of clicked and I said, you know, this would be a good fit to take you on. Uh, and that's when I realized that like, if we want to keep growing and for me to get bigger, I'm gonna have to hire somebody. And literally the minute I hired him, like two days later, one of my childhood friends said, hey, my uh, you know little sister's best friend is looking to join a group and heard a lot about you, wants to join you. So I actually hired two people within like a four day period. And I was kind of like, shit, like how, how's this gonna work out, right? Uh, because I, I kind of like being a loner and doing my own stuff and then taking on these other people, like how are we gonna create this? So, um, but I mean, my best advice when you're starting these teams is like get to the point where like you absolutely physically cannot even think about handling the business anymore and that's when you take somebody on. Okay, great points. I wanna circle back real quick for what Lauren said because I think getting over your fear is a huge part and <clears throat> taking on the extra responsibility of a team member. In retrospect, would have you hired that rental agent or would you go with maybe some sort of administrative person first? And I'll ask that to both of you. Uh, no, I'm really happy I went with the rental agent first because the rentals were really bogging me down and I couldn't concentrate on my sales. Um, but I ended up hiring um, an admin much later and, um, and that rental agent did turn into a sale agent. But I just will hit back on what Matt said about um, really fighting hard and you know hustling um, there were just so many days I remember working 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 so hard so hard and the money wasn't coming in and I remember calling my dad be like this sucks I'm gonna quit I hate it he's like just keep throwing that shit again so on something else stick I'm like, okay so um, I was also like immediately after I got my real estate license I joined Women's Council of Realtors and I this business can be so lonely um, and I needed, I, I only worked with my parents and I needed some comrades and the WCR was there to help me, you know, with collaboration, education, and just smile, smiles and cheerleaders because this business can chew you up and spit you out and you just need to kind of get back on your feet. So, um, but yeah, hiring the rental agent was the first key and then it led into much other things once I, once I actually saw what was happening with the power of delegation. Yeah. 
Um, so <clears throat> the same week I, I took on two people, I, I actually was in the process of, being, uh, of interviewing an assistant. And I did make, uh, at that time it was my girlfriend who's now my wife, uh, she did, uh, <laughs> I was like, hey honey, get your real estate license and start setting up appointments. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so my wife was, or my, at the time she was my girlfriend, was like somewhat helping me set up appointments on days like I just like physically didn't have time. But like literally right after I took on my first two agents, I was, I had somebody that week that I hired as an assistant. And if I did it again, I would hire an assistant first. That would be the first thing I did. I mean, I was a little bit luck in the fact that like my, my, my wife was helping a little bit on that, but you should be out in the field getting the business and your job's not to like schedule appointments and stuff like that. So if you get to a point where you can't handle the paperwork and stuff anymore, bring in that help and get somebody that's really good at it. Like you gotta get somebody that, I, I believe you shouldn't get, I, I see a lot of teams that are growing and they're getting a person that's a junior agent that eventually wants to become a big agent and they're setting up the appointments. I think that's the complete, I, I actually think that's the worst idea ever. Uh, and that's personally because that person doesn't like to schedule appointments. They want to be in the field making money. So you're never going to be able to retain that talent because eventually they're going to start selling and they're going to leave you. Instead, you should get somebody who enjoys checklists. Like there are people, you know, and I, I got some great ones uh, that just, they, they love checklists. They love setting up appointments. Uh, they love managing the back end stuff. They like organization skills. That's what you should do. Hire somebody that likes that stuff and keep your life organized so you could go out and get the business. So that should be, in my opinion, your first hire. Awesome. So back to how you first started your team to now, when you're hiring a new agent on or a staff member, has that changed from when you first started? So, I mean, when I first started, I I felt like I kind of fell into these two people and they were were good fits. And I'm always, I think real estate's a, a, a super scumbag profession previously. And I know this sounds terrible to say that. It, it was, it was, come on. Like, like we didn't have the best background, okay? Like people would look at, I, I mean, when I was growing up, I would say I want to be a real estate agent. People would give me a face like, ugh. Like, you know, that's just what they did. And I think the way they look at it today with social media and stuff like that, it's kind of changed a little bit because people just didn't know how it was. So I was always nervous of hiring people because I was nervous of like what, it's, we all see it, it's a super cutthroat business. So I was nervous, like who am I going to take on that I can trust? Because you know, when you do a lot of volume, I see there's a lot of backstabbers out there, and I hate to say it, but it, it is. Uh, so it was hard to find people I could trust. And it just so happened that when I first got started, I found two people right away uh, that I could trust. Uh, and then from there on out, I kind of decided that whenever I do take somebody on to hire them, I want to take somebody on that I either know or know through a friend that has like that sort of connection. Uh, I don't care, you know, what college they went to or how qualified they are or any of that type of stuff. I care about one, can I trust this person and are they gonna stay with me? And two, is this somebody that's gonna go to bat and work hard? Uh, and that's kind of evolved and most of the people that have, actually just about everybody I have on my team are, are somebody that's either related to me or knows me through somebody and stuff of that aspect. So, uh, but I didn't know that until I got a team and then started figuring that out when I saw other teams. Yep. Same question, Lauren. Can you repeat it again? I actually forgot it. Um, I think what I asked was your hiring strategies, have they changed from when you originally started your team? Yeah, so when I first hired the first rental agent, she was just a friend that was in the business, and I was like, oh, she works hard, and she's great, and I know her. Um, Same with Matt, you know, just hiring friends and family and other people that you know through your network. Um, I don't think I've really ever hired anyone that I didn't know in some capacity through somebody else. Um, 
But with that said, I've, ha I've gone with gut feelings and they're, they've gone terribly wrong. Um, <laughs> so I haven't, I, I don't have a certain strategy that I follow, which I probably should. And I've heard Jenny Ames speak and all these other people speak before and they, some people have these rigorous things where they put them, put people through um, rigorous testing and you know different mechanics like write the, write the remarks for this listing and see what happens. But um, I don't do that for everyone because I know most of the people I'm hiring, but for the people that have failed that I ended up not working well with, I wish I would have done some things better, like simple, simple, easy tasks, like what write the remarks for this listing and see what they do. And if it's terrible, that I mean, how are you going to change that? You know, and you can't teach common sense. So um, <laughs> these are things that people have or they don't have. Um, and so writing skills is just something that is required in the business and that seems like to me that everyone should have that if they want to be a realtor but not everybody does so just little simple things that I have shifted when I hire someone now is a little different but not always so it's a little ebbs and flows um, so as a managing broker I think one of my frustrations <laughs> is really I do agree with Matt everyone wants to start a team that's kind of the hot thing right now but what I struggle with is that team leader doesn't really lead Right, they're looking for the margin off of the split. Um, I believe both of you have weekly meetings and really lead your team. Can you guys talk a little bit about what that looks like within your organization? Sure, yeah, I have been um, in transition for the last like three years. I've switched companies three times and it's been very chaotic. Um, so with that said, we've been trying to you know keep our feet on the ground and our um, heads up high throughout uh, tra trying to transact and make some money as well but um, you know I like to I don't really have weekly meetings with my team I have them personally with each agent and I find that that's much better because I don't like I've worked on teams before where there's everyone gives their you know goals for the year for the month and people don't hit them and then they feel bad and some people are blowing past their uh, you know their goals and then I, I I think I would feel bad if I'm hitting my goals 300% and no my colleague next to me is at 0% like that just doesn't leave for like a friendly environment so I just try to personally meet with each of my agents each week and say okay what's going on what can I do to help you where are we at um, and I I took ninja I don't know if anyone's heard of the ninja sales training if you haven't I highly suggest it it was worked wonders for my business um, and I try I start with mindset and we work with mindset first and foremost and then we move towards goals and actions and how to reach those goals through working on your mindset and kind of breaking it all down um, first off for the record I'm, I'm not a good writer I just want to throw that out there um, <laughs> Uh, you can write a remark, though, for a list. Uh, <laughs> someone for that. Can you yeah. talk about You can talk about uh, Okay, so, <laughs> um, I, you know, bring into, like, you know, not a lot of leaders lead and stuff like that. I, I actually, you know, going off of that before we talk about the meetings, I actually think that's a really solid point. Um, if you notice, I mean, I, I constantly, I'm a numbers guy, I'm looking at rankings all the time and stuff like that. You notice, like, a lot of people get big and then they drop down in the rankings, like, the next year. And it's pretty, I mean, the people at the top, top are always kind of somewhat consistent. And then the people in the middle, like, you're like, wow, they had a great year. And then, like, the next year, like, wait a second, where are these people? Um, and, like, one of the reasons is is because people get big. So if you're going to start a team and you get big, don't forget about where you came from. Like, you still have to work. 
And I feel like a lot of people are trying to surf these teams so then they could go on the beach every single day. Like, I, again, life is meant for work, not for pleasure. Like, if you're going to start a team, you need to lead by example. You need to be the first person in the office and the last one to leave. You need to be working seven days a week, okay? You need to be on your phone 24-7. If you're not gonna have that mentality, I, I'm sorry to be the one to tell it to you, but like, you're never gonna continue to succeed. Because there's no, there's, there's no you, if you keep getting these, this business and you're giving it to John Smith, and over time, John Smith's gonna be like, why are you making all the money and I'm doing literally every single piece of work and we can never get a hold of you because you're on vacation. I mean, John Smith's gonna take your business and run with it. Now John Smith's gonna be number one, you're not. So remember that, that you need to lead by example. So, you know, be the person that's there that people can kind of look up to because you're supposed to be in the environment. Now, when it comes to meetings, I mean, we, we do it in three different stages. First off, I have a yearly meeting. So at the first of the year, we talk about goals, okay? What are you gonna do? What I, what I feel you need to do this year. Uh, you know, what you think you should do uh, and how are you gonna get there. Every quarter, I have a personal sit down with each person to talk to them about how they're coming along on that goal and why they're not meeting where they're supposed to meet. I technically do give uh, an unrealistic goal to my team members, uh, but I believe in them and I think they're better than what they are on track for. Um, we just started doing this probably a couple weeks ago. Is we, we used to do like meetings like every month or try to do every month. And now we implemented a system that every Tuesday, 8.15, we're having a meeting. Uh, and I, I think it's helped out a lot, especially because we're, we're very listening heavy, we have a lot of stuff going on. And um, I, I actually, I would go about and recommend doing a weekly meeting for people because it's a good thing to be on track. I mean, my goal at these meetings is, you know, one, talk about new listings, what we got going on, et cetera. Two, talk about like what concerns you have, what's going on in the market, what are you seeing? They may see something that I'm not seeing, right? You know, I may not bend up with a $200,000 bar in four weeks and they have and like, hey, this is what's going on. So it's a good way for everybody to be kind of kept in the loop. You know, I don't talk about like what their personal goals are and I don't talk about like what the wins were that week. We just talk about market, listings, and kind of like, you know, what questions or things do they want to learn about so that we're kind of more like a well-oiled machine. Okay, great answer. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Matt and I are very different, and I very much love all of his. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, you, you know I love you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, I just wanted to chime in because I am not all about the uh, business first, personal life after. I'm more of like half and half, and I do spend a lot of time in the office, but I do really value my personal time, and I'm sure a lot of you out there do as well. Um, and Matt's very number driven, and I'm not. Um, I'm just kind of like keep your head down, keep grinding, do what you want, and you know have fun along the way. So I just wanted to kind of second that. Like I really appreciate what you're doing, and I congratulate you and I applaud you. But I also wanted to let everyone else in the room know that it's not just all about like business, business, business. But I I like to have a little fun. Don't, don't you drink wine? No, I mean. Listen, there, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, and everybody's got their own mentality. That's, so that's, that, that's, yeah. that's why they make Perfect. red cars, black cars, and blue cars. Everybody's got their own opinion. Exactly. There's no right or wrong answer. So, High yeah, I think only that's, suits. that's the key, right? Yeah. You define your own success and don't let somebody else do it. You just find your path and, and stay to it. Um, and I do think that's what's awesome for you guys, really. You can take nuggets from each one of them and formulate your own team. I think there's a misperception that teams all run the same way. It couldn't be further from the truth, right? It's, and I really believe this in life, you look at what you wanna do, what's that end result, and then why you're gonna do it and how you're gonna do it. And each of you are doing it your own way and you're seeing great success. So I think that's what I would give to you guys as right. a huge takeaway is figure out what you wanna do and how you wanna do it and then incorporate a little bit about what each one of them is saying. Um, so let's talk about systems. 
Um, you know, Lauren, we know that there's a lot of systems with your new company and, and implementation of that. How has your team reacted to that and how do you really kind of transcend that down the line with them? Yeah, so I actually had, I, I transitioned from having an assist, a full-time assistant. Um, I had her for the last three and a half years. Um, she just left two weeks ago to take a full-time job with benefits and a school and all these other perks and I couldn't compete with that. So um, we're in a very big transition phase right now. I asked Amiko, who's on my team yesterday, how do I schedule showings? He's <laughs> like, I'll show you, it's fine. So we used to have the assistant do most everything, like listings, uh, paperwork, drafting MLS, contracts, offers, everything. Um, and now I'm moving towards a system where I'm, instead of giving a fee for service to my agents, um, you know, anywhere between $500 and $1,500 to help on a file with paperwork and showings and open houses and things like that, I'm, I'm moving towards a different thing where I'm giving them a little more money and maybe even splitting the deal with them 50-50 and they're going to be starting to do everything from uh, listing, paperwork, drafting, photos, you know, conducting most of the work. Um, I'm with the clients, you know, negotiating, chatting, but I, it's also about setting, a lot of people ask like how, how does your, how do you manage like the client and having teams and having people help you but I think it's all about setting expectations with the sellers or your buyers that say this is I'm Lauren you've hired me this is how I work this is my team and this is who will be doing what if you don't set your expectations with your with your clients there's no way that they're going to they're going to think that you're a lazy slob and you know you've been past you're passing them off which is certainly not the case but you have to have these conversations with your clients to make them make sure they understand how you work Right. Matt? Um, you know, I'm really big in, in systems and building out things to be done the right way. And kind of like Lauren said, is that like uh, client expectations, like number one. So like when I meet with people, I always tell them like how everything works and how we operate. So there's no like, there's no like misconception if like somebody's asking a different question for it. Like, oh my God, why is, you know, Jamie asking me this when you should be asking me this? It's like, I set that expectation when I first meet people. But you know, I'm really, I tried all like these CRMs and all these other things that people tell you you have to have. And like, I personally don't like them. Um, so we created a lot of stuff through uh, a company called Google. Um, <laughs> quite well known. And honestly, I really like them because I kept trying all these CRMs personally and I'm like, I'm like I don't get them. Uh, I, it sends out these automated emails for me. It drives me crazy. I just said, saw the guy in the street and then next thing I know, like Happy Grasshopper's like, hey dude, how's everything going? It's like, well, I just saw you yesterday. Why'd you send that out? I'm like, you know, so like, you know, I've, I've realized that like, Google's got great systems. Uh, everybody, almost everybody in the world knows how to use Google. Um, so we base everything off like Google Docs and you know, uh, did everything through there. So you know, everything is done a set way. So like how our farming's done is in a separate way, uh, how we do our scheduling's done in a separate way. I mean, we use Google for, for scheduling, but like there's a set thing to do each thing. Uh, um, we have systems for like how we do showings and like an a la carte sheet for everybody and we can keep track of it. So um, I think if you do create some sort of system, you need to make it in a fact that like everybody in your team can follow. And I think that's where I see a lot of teams uh, fail is that they get like these Outlook things that don't sync in your phones and you're trying to do it. Nobody knows how it's going. I mean, you know, find something that works for you and your style and something that your team members can all follow along easily, right? And that's why Apple rules the world because anybody can pick up the phone and use it in two seconds. So your systems should be able to be picked up and adaptable by everybody on the team in two seconds and that way it'll be able to be used very easily and seamlessly. 
Awesome. And then Lauren, what, what do you think your favorite, well not what do you think, what is your favorite system that you use? Uh, I'm, we're all at different companies here and I think we all can appreciate Google. I think that's a, a really, that's kind of where I live and play and actually our company does use Gmail and uh, the Google platform. So Google Drive, Share Drives, Share Documents. Uh, we use Jot Forms and that comes into the uh, Google interface and it's, all, it's, just, it's just easy. And then um, I also had trouble figuring out the best CRM task management systems. Um, I didn't really like any of them. I couldn't get comfortable with them. Uh, our company's rolling out a new CRM. I'm hoping that it's wonderful. Um, but in the meantime, I just kind of cruise through Google Docs. It's like really easy. It's like, you know, this isn't rocket science. It's like back to the basics, a lot of it is. And it's just about like what you, it's about setting goals and making sure that you can do those things and how do you best achieve what you're trying to do. So. I think it's really back to the basics, but yeah, the Google has been really helpful for us. Yeah, I think that's so true though, right? We're looking for that one piece of technology and the answer really is relationship, right? And as Matt said, I think that's such a key point. Like these automated drip campaigns, if you just saw that person on the street, I think it loses some credibility and value when it just sends them an email right. like that, right? So I think we do have to be cautious and not really look for that silver bullet other than just continue to build solid relationships um, then integrate some sort of technology with it. So um, question for you both, in the next three to five years, how do you feel you're gonna be able to scale your business to whatever those goals are where you wanna be? You're a planner. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a planner. I, I'm more of, um, one of the things I thought about scaling, and I, and I, I said this uh, quite a bit, is that like uh, when you scale, you gotta scale the right way. And I do feel like uh, I do see again in this business a lot of people are like, I have a hundred people on my team, it's awesome, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, you have a hundred guys, and you did like four million last year. Like that's not like really something to brag about, you know? Uh, and I feel like we are very quick to hire. Uh, and if you look at a lot of people and you talk to a lot of people in your offices, everybody like, wants to get these big things really quickly right away. But I think if you're going to scale uh, in the next three to five years, I want to scale the right way. Uh, so I'd rather have like one Michael Jordan than 100 high school all-star players because I want to scale with each person going to be the best. Like they're the best of the best. And over the next couple of years, our goal is to continue to grow our sales. And I am always a, a, a need, a, a higher on a need basis, meaning that like, I can always tell when we're at a point where all my guys are completely like just overbooked. And at that, that point, I will interview people to take them on and then we'll keep growing from there. And so far that strategy has worked and we just took on another assistant because I realized my, my other assistant was just at a point where she's one person and she can't do any more work. So we took on somebody else. And I think you kind of have a gut feeling of where your business is going. And if you can, if you get to a point where you, you, you can't, handle all the business and you, you could sit there and say to yourself like, I know now's the point to hire, I'd say like hire at that point. And that's how you're gonna keep growing. So like in the next three to five years, I've had the same goal I've had since I got in the business, is just to be number one. So we're gonna continue to crush it in my opinion uh, till we get to that goal. And then hopefully um, we'll continue to grow and maybe go to a different city someday. Wonderful, Lauren. Um, what I think is awesome is I know that that's Matt's goal and it's, it's his broadcast and it's that's his thing and that's, I think that's awesome. So I think we should all give him a round of applause. He wants to be number one, you guys. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> um, so my parents, I grew up in the real estate business. My parents um, never, ever had an assistant. They hired a few people, a couple of rental agents growing up. And I remember as I went, grew up in the real estate business, I could 
I remember the grocery cart. I could tell the market if it was bad or good based on our grocery cart. My mom would like load up the cart with all this food and all this good junk food. And then when times were lean, it was like, all right, we're, we're, just, we're getting the generic Cheerios, not the regular Cheerios. Why? So, um, you know, they provided me a wonderful life and they never had um, an assistant. They never really grew their team. They didn't want the overhead. They didn't want the responsibility. My dad worked for American Invesco. He had done lots of condo developments and condo conversions. He had done a lot before. And he decided he just wanted to be a small mom and pop shop, and that's what they decided. I'm somewhere in between them and Matt. I um, I don't want to you know be number one, but I don't want to be like just my mom and dad scheduling my showings and doing everything. Um, I don't like scheduling showings. I don't like charts. I don't like checklists. I hate them. I want to be out with people. I want to be out um, you know, hanging out and meeting people and helping them uh, with their dreams of home ownership and changing their lives and redesigning their lives through where they live, work, and play. So um, I think it's just a matter of like, I don't have like a set vision or I don't have like a set goal where like I want to be at this amount of sales in this many years, but I've been really toning back um, and just trying to like have a nice happy life. So I, I think it was funny because when I was asked to speak on the panel, I was like, it's just funny because I, I worked so hard for so many years, about a decade, really growing and fighting to have a good business. And now that I'm here, it's like the next goal I have is to just not work so hard. So it's like you work so hard to work so hard. And then it's like oh, you don't really want to work anymore. <laughs> you just you want to just you know tone it back and scale back and do um, the happy parts of the job because there's a lot of ups and downs. But that's, that's where I'm at. Well, I think it takes time to actually figure out how to become more efficient. Right. Right. And I think that's probably where you're at right now. Is yeah, you're figuring the out efficiencies. And who's, who's on, you know. Yeah. So, space. Matt, I want to go back to you real quick. Sorry, Lauren. In, in your scaling, when you're kind of maxed out, when you're going to bring an, an agent into your team, are you looking for an experienced agent that may be struggling, or are you looking to really mold someone that's new in the business? Um, you know, I don't think I really care as much, like, how long they've done it. Uh, they could have done it, like, 20 years or, like, two months. Uh, I try, I, uh, let me put this back, I, I like to try to see if they've got their license for at least 12 months personally. I know the city um, because first off, I feel like real estate has like a 90% dropout rate, right? Like a lot of, I mean, I feel like everybody you know, you probably know like at least five real estate agents that like are friends of friends that like got their license just to have it and hopefully like they get a sale someday, you know? Um, and you know, there's a lot of people get their license like, oh my God, I want to I wanna, I wanna work for you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, and then they drop out and did all this training. So for me, it's like, they gotta get at least past the 12 months. And then from there, it's more of like a gut feeling. Like I said earlier, like I don't care what college you went to or like what you did before you met me. Uh, when I sit down, it's like, what's our banter like? Like, you know, how do we click? Uh, do you have the same vision as me? Uh, as, as Lauren said, I, I, I am kind of like, a, I, I'm a hard guy. Uh, and I, I do really enjoy to work. Like the, the messed up thing about me is that like, I. I got to hear of working hard and I don't think about like taking time off. Like I'm like, fuck man, I wanna work harder. You know, like I, I, how can I work even more? Um, and I want people who are around me who have that same mentality. Um, and it's it's a very small population. I mean, I get it. Uh, we're, we're fucked up in the head. You know, it is what it is. So, um, but I want the people who are gonna serve. Yeah. Okay, sorry, my bad, I apologize. Uh, but I want I want people who, who have that same mentality. It, it is kind of like a, a trigger thing to find. And, um, I, I can't tell you how many interviews I go on and like I sit down with somebody and like I'm like why'd you get a real estate license that's always one of my first questions like well I didn't like you know working in a cubicle and I didn't want to work a nine-to-five so I figured I'd get my license and you know I start selling yeah and, I'm, and in my head I'm like this is art they're out 
You know what I mean? Like this is definitely not the mentality I want. And I can't tell you how many uh, you know meetings I cut short that I had probably less than 10 minutes. Cause like, I, you know, I'm a busy guy, I'm sure they're busy. I'm like, hey, like, I know this isn't gonna work out for us. Uh, you got yourself a free coffee uh, and I'm gonna leave. Um, so I, I, I'm not, and, and I think that's big is like when you're trying to scale and hire people on is don't feel uncomfortable to not take on people you don't want. I, I do feel like a lot of times you get to a point where you know you have to hire. So you hire solely cause you, you need that person and you're desperate. And I personally have made that hire a couple times and it's been one of the worst decisions in my life. Uh, because they've just like either just been super lazy and now you're playing like backtrack of like, you know, correcting the mistakes and it's created double work for you. So I think too, when you're going to scale and you're going to sit down and hire these people, go with your gut. Like most, like nine out of 10 times, you're going to sit down with somebody and just, you just kind of know if they're going to work or not. Don't try to convince yourself that you could change them because you're not going to be able to. Like they are who they are. And if it's going to work for you, great. If it's not going to work for you, leave. And that's the best advice I could give. I think it's tough whenever your name's on it and you're delegating and there's that nervousness of, okay, are they going to do it the way I do it? So I kind of get all what you're saying. Um, how do you retain that talent once you have it for both of you? Um, so to me, I, I believe that you need to first off uh, tell people like how much they matter to you because I do that all the time. Uh, I don't. Um, but... Uh, you know, um, I, I, think, I, I think that you really want to make sure to prove your value to them as well. You know, because at, at the end of the day, um, real estate is a hard business. It really, you know, we make it look easy by like, you know, you throw it on social media, like closed, and everybody's like, oh, that's easy, I'm gonna get my license. And people are just gonna find me and they're gonna close on this stuff. So um, to me, it's, it's, it's proving your value to you know, your team. And that brings us back to like, you gotta lead by example. You know, so if you want people to stick with you, first off, they have to see that like, you're a hard worker and that they want to work for you. Okay, that's, that's the first off how, why they're gonna stick with you. Second off is that you gotta give them business as well, right? Because you know, most days, if you don't have that much business, your team members are gonna have nothing to do from nine to eight o'clock. So I keep my people busy as well, you know? And I think that keeps you sharp because it's kind of like if you're a professional athlete, if you're constantly training, you're gonna be better than the guy that doesn't train at all. So I'm constantly having my agents out there working, making money on the side doing that, and then also feeding them business. So the way I always tell people, if they're like, well, I'm not happy, I'm gonna leave, I say go. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want them to leave, but like, I'm not also gonna be held hostage. You know, you need to, if, if I'm giving you everything that you can do to succeed, go somewhere else and let's see how it works out for you. And that's my mentality. And you know, I know it sounds kind of harsh, um, but if you're providing all the value, the tools and the keys to get to success, and I know what it's like on the other side, the, you know, the grass isn't always greener, go to the other side and let me know how it works out for you. Because at the end of the day, like the people who are gonna work for me are always gonna continue to succeed. And if you think you got what it takes to beat me, come after it. Amen. Nice. Amen. Woo! Confidence. Uh, I'm a giver and I, I like to... Uh, <laughs> I'm generous. Is that a better word? Okay. Um, I always screw up once or twice when I speak. So anyway, um, now I've lost my train of thought. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so I like to, you know, part of the reason for growing a team is to help your business succeed, but it's also about helping other people grow their business and fulfill their dreams and grow their lives. So um, it is about giving, you know, them some 
some business as well and um, I check in with my people every week like I had talked to you guys about and I think it's all about like connecting also on a personal level so it's like going out to dinner with our um, team members and their significant others and one of my team members had a bad breakup and I had her over for, on Valentine's Day we made cookies and I took her to the Bulls game and you know gifting and just things like that to make sure that people really understand that you care about them and um, you know that they're appreciated awesome so one last question before we go to open Q&A um, how much do each of you, you can just do a percentage invest back into your business um, so I, a minimum of 25%, like minimum. Like I, I think that the more you grow, the more you spend. So like if, if I spend like 25% of my income back in my business, the next year it's gotta be more than that because it's giving me back more. Like I, I think you have to spend money to make money. The way I always look at it is like, how did like Pepsi and Coca-Cola and McDonald's, and like if you think about like, you don't say like I need a, um, a tissue, you say I need a Kleenex, right? So I always thought to myself, how am I gonna get my name to be associated with real estate like that? And you gotta spend money. And you gotta constantly create new ideas and constantly be at the forefront of this technology of investing your money into the business. And you know, a lot of times you're gonna spend your money and you may say, hey, I invested 30% of my income into my business and I didn't see 30% return. Great, but did you learn anything from it? And if you did, and next year you could take maybe 30% again and improve on what you lost, then you're gonna win in the long run. But I think the biggest problem I see a lot of agents of what makes them kind of go backwards is they get content and then they stop spending the money and reinvesting your money in the business, but never feel that way. You have to constantly spend poor money back into your business to continue to thrive. Awesome. Lauren? Uh, I'm probably about half, like 10 to 15, 15% I would say. Um, again, I'm, I like the gifting portion. Um, I normally will like give pretty good pretty big gifts at the end of closings. Like one of my favorites is having a chef come into the house um, after a closing. They typically have to buy a million dollar house for that to happen, but um, it's a dinner of 10 and I hope to be invited or cocktails for 20 and appetizers. But it's such a great way to see the house come alive and get to like really, I, I love, I'm a personal person and I'm a people person and I love that part of this business. And it's just so magical to, to walk into someone's house and get to see them in their space and what they've done to it with their friends and family. And the goal for me is obviously to get the business from their referral clients. So, you know, the goal is if you, um, if I get one business, one piece of business from that dinner, it pays for itself 10 times over. So I do that. I, I typically take about like 10 to 15% of the commission and I'll, you know, try to use that money to gift. Um, and it's very high level personal gifting to connect with these people on a personal level. Um, was that the, I feel like I'm just yeah. talking now. Is that kind of no, you're good. <laughs> you want to keep talking? What was the question again? No, I'm good. I think we're good. <laughs> okay, so let's open it up to you guys. Um, anybody have a question? Yeah. Is that a, is that a, um... So the question is how you structure <laughs> compensation back to your team members and then bonuses. What, Nico? Yeah, I think that's like a um, yeah. okay. What the fair not fair housing but antitrust issue. Okay, <laughs> can't answer that question. Next. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank both of you for you know sharing with all of us today. But uh, if you had to boil everything down to the top three things that that first person is going to take off your plate, what would both of you say those top three things would be? 
scheduling, paperwork, um, and MLS input. So the question was, what is that new person going to take off of your plate? So I mean, taking the admin stuff out of it because that's pretty basic. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I mean that in like a good way because I know we, we've talked about like that's, that's like, to be done. I think if you take on like an actual like agent to what they're going to do for you, like for me, it would be like uh, covering showings for a listing. Um, helping me out with minuscule tasks. Like I tell my people like, you have to do some things for me that you're not gonna wanna do, and I don't wanna do them either, but somebody's gotta do them, and I, I do them as well. But you know, like hanging up signs, putting a block box and shit like that. So like helping you start with the t tasks that aren't as like sexy. Uh, and then lastly, we'd be helping you out with your buyers and stuff, so. Next question, yes. Yeah, hi, uh, I know you don't wanna discuss compensation, that's fine, I understand. But can you discuss the structure of your team with people, who does what? So like, so really rolls without talking like about like dollar amount and stuff like that. Like right. I have uh, what I call an a la carte uh, menu uh, that you have to follow, and if people do certain things, there's certain things that are done. Um, and um, like, uh, there's other people who work for me, like admins and stuff like that, that are that are salary employees. You know, uh, I think I could say that right. Yeah, so they're not talking about money at all. Um, so that's how I structure it. So they're they're employees of Matt Literacy Inc. And then there's agents, uh, and the agents are on one thing, and the uh, salaried employees have their own thing. With uh, uh, I can't use compensation things, but you get the basics. No numbers. Okay, so like, so like I pay my staff uh, a salary, 401k, health stuff like that, uh, and I think that uh, I personally believe that if you want to have talented people, uh, you have to offer them stuff that they're gonna want to want to work for you. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to get inv individuals like a good admin without actually giving them what they would expect if they took an admin job somewhere else. Right. So it's my personal opinion. Can you, can you discuss the structure where they have two buyers agents, two admins, one transaction coordinator? I, I personally don't believe in that structure uh, because what in, in my, again, this is just my opinion. Uh, I don't think that if you have somebody that just does buyers, after a while the person's going to get sick of just doing buying. Okay. And at the end of the day, like, I don't give out my buyers to people. I'm not like, hey, here's this buyer, it's yours. Uh, you're supposed to show them all the, all the things and then give you X amount, okay? Uh, I'm more like, uh, you're gonna help me out with a couple buyers when I'm overwhelmed, I can't do them. Uh, you're gonna show listings, okay? Uh, you're also gonna get your own buyers that are just yours, do whatever you want with them, I don't care. You're gonna get your own listings, you can do whatever you want with them as well. So um, we don't have a technical, this guy, this guy, this guy. I know that's like certain companies' models. We, we do it a little bit differently. Okay. Lauren, you similar situation? Yeah, similar. I have a my admin was on salary, and then um, our agents are the agents, and they get, um, like I said earlier, just like a flat fee for service if they do kind of like an a la carte with certain amount of uh, activities that they do, and then or tasks, and then um, you know sometimes I split the listings with the um, agents, and then um, I have been recently just giving out leads to client or to the agents and be like, just take the buyer; it's all yours. And I only do that if I just don't know them at all. And that's kind of like my new thing again with like having my own personal time and balancing my life. Um, but I, I, I like to take out the people that are referrals and you know things like that. But with that said, just last week I hit a, a ceiling, very high glass ceiling with this one uh, couple. And I'm like, I need your help. Do we go just take that? I just can't do it. So. <laughs> uh, right now we have six. Uh, nine. He has nine. Okay, two last questions. Anybody? Yeah. 
how do you encourage your team members to bring in their own business? Um, that I do that through my weekly meetings and trying to figure out their goals. And uh, it's all about reaching out to the people that they know, like, and trust. Um, we have certain things that we try to get our agents to do, like write five note cards a week, make 10 phone calls, do in, two in-person meetings. Um, there's no reason why they shouldn't be bringing in their own business, open houses, things like that. And um, just to follow up what Matt said earlier, I don't hire new agents anymore. I just don't have the time or bandwidth or capacity to teach them how to fill out a listing agreement because um, I hate doing that. So um, I've just learned that I'm only hiring people that have been in the business for a couple years and at least know what they're doing. Um, but you know, that's one of the conversations I would have with someone as I'm hiring them now is you need to you know, work on your own business as well as help me with mine because I'm the rainmaker. I can go out and get the business, but I need the time to do that. And when I'm getting out there and doing more things with more people and connecting, then I can bring you more business as well. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. I want them to bring in as much humanly business as possible. Uh, and uh, I encourage them on uh, all aspects to uh, try to get there. So, um, you know, I always say kind of like she said, is that like, um, I want, you're, you're supposed to help me out with my business, but more importantly, you're also supposed to get business yourself and grow your own business. Because uh, then we can get more business in. Um, so, you know, I, every week we talk about different strategies of how you can get business. If they have questions on things of like what they can do to get more business, I try to help them as much as possible. Uh, but you shouldn't start a team and discourage people from getting business because at the end of the day, I think that's kind of like going against what this is all about. And everybody technically is independent contractors. Uh, so anything you do to try to help and show them and listen to uh, what their needs are to try to get them more business, you should definitely encourage to do. One more thing. Uh, just as a follow up to that, I had someone who worked with me for like a year and she didn't do one deal on her own. And I was like, what's going on? You know, so it just, Hiring is easy, firing is very hard. So it's, you know, you need to spot those things early on and you just kind of got to move on <laughs> if they're not working out for you. Um, and one last thing I wanted to say, I was talking about how wonderful I love to gift and spend all this money gifting. But um, when I was starting out and still today, I, you know, you get tired of spending all this money on all these people all the time. So I started uh, having people come, I was inviting people to do things that I already was doing, like going to yoga, getting my nails done, you know, those are things people, if you invite them to do, they don't expect you to pay for that. Um, invite them to events, charity events, but I need to go get my nails done, so anyone want to go? <laughs> um, but you know, those are things that you just get to connect with your sphere and you don't have to spend money on them. And that ultimately real estate does come up and how's work and then you can start talking about that and oh my friend and this and that. So one last tidbit for you. Wonderful. Okay, anybody have one last question? Yeah. Okay, Chris. How do you guys keep your culture in that space between like group think and getting overly cutthroat? How do you keep that happy medium where no one becomes bigger than the team or you know, let the rest of the team pull the weight? Do you have any advice on that? So, I mean, like we're a super tight-knit culture. I mean, we're on text chains all day. We're snapping with each other all day. Um, you know, yeah. Is Snapchat? It's, it's, it looks like a ghost on there. It's cool. Um, so, uh, yeah. Something Lauren can implement now. Yeah, yeah. So. I deleted that. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think it's big to make sure that you guys are all like kind of like a little bit of a family because, like you said, it is super cutthroat. And honestly, if somebody says something that's dumb, I mean, we're pretty we're pretty uh, brutal to each other. <laughs> somebody tries to step out of place or try to get like kind of cocky about it. But, I mean, uh, we are competitive with each other, but it's kind of like, um, 
how you get with com- competition. Like I think if like you're you're friends and you got a good culture going and you're getting competitive, it's kind of more like a friendly competition, more like a banter rather than like more of a jealousy atmosphere. Uh, I do believe though that if you do get something that's like a jealousy or all right, see Matt's got to go. Thanks, Matt. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, a jealousy atmosphere, you gotta cut the cancer. That, that's the best I, uh, advice I can give, because we've had uh, some people in the past that were super negative and super uh, competitive in, in like a rude way, and the first thing you could do is, is cut it, cut the fat, get rid of them right away, because they will spread like a virus and your whole team will tumble. Um, so if that does happen, that's as you go, but otherwise, just try to communicate. I try to communicate every single day, at least once a day with everybody on my team, minimum. Lauren. Um, we just like to have fun and, you know, <laughs> give away good gifts. Well, yeah, gifting is fun, but like we, we check in, we do fun things together. We, you know, we're doing a vision board, drinking wine session next week. And we just, uh, I, I just think it's all begins with the hiring. If you're hiring people that are, you know, you don't like, you're not going to be able to have that like family culture with them. And, um, our company has been great about hosting, you know, company events where we can all get together as a team and also with other agents in our office where it's very collaborative. Um, I think that's where it all starts here. Everyone, you know, I've heard a couple whispers today like, oh, I can't wait to hear your secrets. I'm like, there's no secrets out there. It's all, we're all here to make money. There's plenty of people out there. There's plenty of business to go get, you know, help each other out. This is a brutal place. Life is hard. And, uh, you know, it's just have fun while you're doing it, you guys. Otherwise, get out of it. <laughs> So there you go. So to wrap up, I just want to thank all of you for being here first. Um, when I look out the room, we've got a lot of different companies represented. I mean, you just hit it on the head, Lauren. There's plenty of business for all of us. What I'd like to see, raising the bar of respect with each other. Shouldn't matter what company you work at, help each other out, right? There is plenty of business, and, and that's what I would challenge you guys on. I thank you, too, for your time. It's, you know, it's wonderful to be up here with you, but there are truly no secrets other than, I, I'll go back to what Matt says, just work really freaking hard, um, but be focused on what you're trying to do and don't let anybody else define success for you. Define it yourself on what you want to try to achieve. So again, thank you so much for being here. Have a great holiday weekend. Thanks again, guys. Matt, you better add me on Snapchat. I'm going to be snapping you all day. Incredible panel. we probably saved the best for last. These guys were awesome. Give them another round of applause. Thank you guys again for a great breakfast 2018 year. Thank you.